Welcome to the Insight Ministries podcast. We're your hosts, John and Megan Pop. We want to thank you for listening. We hope the messages on this podcast encourage you and bless you. Connect with us on social media, or for more information, check out our website, keepchristinsight.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, guys? Uh, we just wanted to hop on here and do a, a quick teaching. This is actually going to be officially episode two of our podcast. Um, we have a video podcast and an audio podcast. So if you missed the first episode, uh, we have kind of a ministry introduction to talk about Insight Ministries and kind of what our mission is. And then uh, we are also putting some sermons up that we've preached throughout the years and, and things like that. So there'll be some some content coming kind of out of our archives onto the podcast. But then we're doing these episodes. And so this is episode two. We wanted to jump on here and do a, a teaching uh, out of the book of Hebrews and and it parallels to the book of Acts. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about the, the blessings of the Lord and how awesome life is, but, but there are times when we face real struggles. And the Bible has a lot to say about when we're going through trials and what that actually looks like. And so uh, today's teaching is actually titled Weathered. It's about how to face the storms of life that come at you and what happens when you find yourself in the middle of an actual struggle or a battle. Like, where do we draw our strength from? What do we do in those moments? Because life, sometimes it hits us. Um, It hits us right between the eyes and sometimes when we're least expecting it. Uh, We've experienced that in our own lives. And so, uh, you know, just I hope this teaching encourages you, but if you have your Bibles, turn with us. We're going to start out in Acts chapter 27. Uh, Acts chapter 27, this is the story of Paul. He's been imprisoned for preaching about Jesus, and, uh, and so he's now a prisoner, and he has made a petition uh, to go in front of Caesar, and he's being sailed to Rome. And so this is, uh, this is sort of his imprisonment and his uh, story of shipwreck is where we pick up in Acts. And we're going to start in chapter 27, Acts chapter 27, verse 13. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. It says, When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. Verse 14, But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocladon or Eurocledon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they would run aground on the Sirtis Sands, they struck sail. And so we're driven. Okay? So what we see here is that this, uh, what should be a pretty easy journey to Rome um, on, on this ship, uh, this ship that's carrying prisoners, turns into a disaster. It's like a full-on storm. This version says that a tempestuous headwind. They couldn't even sail any further. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in, in a season of your life where you feel like, Every adverse wind is heading in your direction, 
and you can't even hardly move forward. I know we felt like that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what they do is they, they get a small reprieve. They're able to make shelter on an island. And then here it says that they, uh, they used cables to undergird the ship. Or uh, in the King James it talks about uh, using helps to undergird the ship. Okay, so Paul's been arrested for preaching Jesus. He's on trial before Festus in Caesarea. He also presents his case to King Agrippa, and, and Paul then appeals to Caesar. That was his right as a Roman citizen, so that's why he's on a ship to Rome, Italy. Paul warns his guards that if they set sail, it will come at a great loss. But Paul's warnings are ignored because they don't want to stay in port during the winter months. They knew if, it, if they stayed around until winter, it was going to delay the trip, and they didn't want to do that. So once they're at sea, that's where we see in verse 13 that this massive storm picks up. But it says they undergird the ship with cables. They used helps, like it said in the King James, to undergird the ship. Now, interesting word here, um, these helps uh, to undergird. It is actually, a, it's a nautical term. So I don't know if you're a sailor or if we got any sailors out there. I myself am not really a sailor. I do enjoy a good pontoon boat every now and then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we live on a lake, but you know, doesn't make us a sailor, that's for certain. So this, this is a nautical term. It's called frapping. 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 Yeah. So what's the definition of frapping? The definition, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is to bind together to increase tension or to prevent from blowing loose. So this is for the enabling ability to survive the force of the waves and the wind that would be beating up against the ship. Okay, So they, they realize this storm has come. They can't progress forward. They, they kind of pull over uh, on this island and they wrap these cables underneath the belly of the ship. And it's called frapping. And what they're doing is they're securing it with chains and ropes and cables and it actually is putting tension on the boat's planks, like on, on the wood beams that are held together to make the boat float. It's actually putting greater tension on those things so that they're held together even tighter. So that when you're sailing and the waves are up and down and it's craziness, um, the actual ship's integrity will hold firm, uh, or at least in theory, right? It should try to hold firm uh, when the waves and the wind are beating up against the ship. So when the ship is weathered. Yeah, so back then, the boats were made of wood, right? Right. It's not like the boats that we have now. Right, fiberglass right, and all those things. all one piece and right. everything. And, but these wooden slats would be joined together, and when they're tossed, they could come apart, and when they'd separate, water would come up through That's right. the boat. Yeah. So in wrapping these cords around, it's actually kind of brilliant if you think about it they're trying to reinforce how they're held together that's right so that the boat itself won't come apart yeah exactly so that's what we see here in the in the the story of paul's uh journey to rome in acts chapter 27 but then i want to i want us to draw our attention away from acts and let's jump over to the book of hebrews so again if you have your bibles turn with us to hebrews chapter 4 we're going to start in verse 14, and we're going to go somewhere. You're going to see. 
And it's going to tie in to this passage in Acts, so kind of keep that in mind. Now, how are you going to tie Acts? <laughs> right. It seems like these passages would be very disjointed, but, but we're going to go somewhere. Okay, so verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Okay, th- wait a second. What does any of this have to do with boats? Right, so that's a good question, and we're going to get there. We're not there yet. But let's first establish who Jesus is, uh, as it's defined here in chapter 4 of Hebrews. Jesus is our great high priest, and it says that he passed through the heavens, uh, and, and Jesus, the Son of God, he let us hold fast our confession. This, this high priest that we have, he left the adoration of angels. Literally, Jesus is God. He's, he's in the heavens being worshipped by all of the angels in heaven. And he leaves that atmosphere to come down to earth and to take on human flesh, to experience human pain, to experience emotions. He's still 100% God, but now... Uh, as it says in the Gospel of John, he's wrapped in flesh and dwelling among us, his people. Um, Mother Besselia Schlink says, uh, you have here the picture of the Lamb of God who willingly chooses to be judged. He who is without sin is condemned by us. Jesus literally put himself on trial uh, and is condemned by sinful people And he's led to the cross to be crucified for our sins. So then verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus experienced temptation. We know directly that he was was tempted in the wilderness. By, By Satan, he was tempted directly. Jesus also experienced emotions. Mm-hmm. We know in the story of Lazarus, um, we have the, there the shortest verse of the Bible that Jesus wept. But it also says that Jesus groaned with anger. He was uh, feeling the weight and the emotions of losing a friend. And he allowed himself to cry real human tears to prove that we have a God who actually can sympathize with us when we're in the midst of loss. Not just in the midst of loss. I mean, yes, Jesus did feel grief when Lazarus died, but remember in the temple when he flips the tables? Right, right. He felt anger too. Absolutely. Jesus also experienced betrayal. He he was betrayed by one of the closest people to him in Judas, Mm -hmm. yet still took the time to wash his feet. And that shows us both how Jesus endured betrayal, but he operated in forgiveness in the midst of the betrayal that was coming. Jesus experienced storms, storms of life, but really, we know he experienced physical storms. He walked on the waves during a storm. He he gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the disciples think that they're going to drown, the boat's going to, you know, sink, you know, they wake (laughs) up Jesus who's napping in the back, you know, and he has to rebuke the wind and the waves. So Jesus experienced actual physical storms as well. And he prevailed over them because he knew that he had authority over the wind and the waves. So now we get to verse 16, and this is a very familiar passage. We've 
probably all quoted it at some point or seen it on bumper stickers or in sermons preached, but it's, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love that verse. Oh man, (laughs) that's such a comfort to us because first of all, it's not about accessing the, the grace and mercy of the Lord when everything's great. It actually says that it's for our times of need. Right. That we we come before the Lord. But we're able to come boldly mm-hmm. because, back to verse 14, we serve a great high priest. We serve uh, a high priest who is Jesus, the Son of God, who uh, who was able to sympathize with our weakness, who was tempted in all points like we are, but yet did not, uh, did not give in to sin. Uh, he was uh, crucified and resurrected and now is exalted to the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for us. And because we have such a great high priest, it gives us access. And it doesn't say, come timidly. It actually says, come boldly. You know, it always makes me think of the story of Esther and how after several months of not even seeing her husband, the king, she has to go into his throne room knowing that if she goes unsummoned, he could have her put to death. Yeah. And he was obviously a wicked king, Mm -hmm. but she still enters the throne room with boldness. Yeah. You know, and here we are, we can enter the throne room of God with boldness and not even have the threat that he's going to strike us dead. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He, he actually welcomes us in. He invites us in uh, to come boldly. But here is the beautiful way that this passage ties back to Acts chapter 27. It says that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This word help here is the same exact Greek word that's used in Acts 27, 17. It's specifically a rope or a chain for frapping a vessel. In fact, it's the only two times in the entire Bible that this specific word is used. Once in the physical shipwreck of Paul in Acts 27, and once here symbolically talking about the uh, the ability for us to obtain grace and mercy to wrap us, literally to hold us together. So he's not telling us that we're not going to go through the storm. That's right. What's he saying? So we don't, we don't run to Jesus to receive escape from the storm. Instead, we receive reinforcements for the storm by his grace. It is his grace and mercy found in the connection of relationship that wraps us up. It strengthens us to endure the wind and the waves that head towards us in those trial seasons that we walk through. It is the weathering of storms that actually brings maturity to the saints. So what I'm hearing is that when I feel like I'm coming apart, I can go to him and obtain help Right. to hold me together. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. He strengthens us to come through things, which then become a part of our testimony. And it's what we can use to encourage others in their faith. It's so important that we realize that um, Jesus gives us what we need to actually survive the storms that life throws at us, but it requires us coming to him. And, And when we approach him, 
boldly, as it says in verse 16, then we obtain the grace and mercy that we need to wrap us, to hold us together, to strengthen our core, right? To strengthen the core of who we are, our, our mind, our will, our emotions, to grab us up and to hold us. And I, I even picture just like the ropes that were wrapping around the, the ship, literally the Lord wraps his arms around us in grace and mercy and holds us up. And as the, the wind and the waves come at us, it doesn't matter. We're given the grace and mercy to weather the storms. And even, dare I say, we, even, we can even find joy in the midst of the struggle. That's a tough concept for Christians, especially, sure um, especially American church, you know, Western Christians, for us to be able to find joy in the midst of trial, to have peace in the storm. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, you know, God, I'm hanging on with everything I got. Just let me get to the other side. But Jesus is saying, if you'll come boldly to me, I'll actually wrap you up with grace and mercy and strengthen you to move through the storm. And because we're held together by him, it actually gives us the experience and the maturity we need to have a story to encourage those when we make it to the other side. So it's not just about the final destination. It's about how well we weather the storm in the process. Absolutely. Are we going to choose to weather the storm with joy, knowing that he's got us? that he's wrapped his arms around us? Or are we going to you know, lose our minds? Are we going to get so upset with focusing on the wind and the waves that we forget to realize that he's actually all around us and he's wrapping us in the grace and mercy that we need to survive the storm if we'll just come to him, our great high priest. He, he understands like life is tough sometimes. He understands mm-hmm. sickness comes and loss comes and pain comes. He understands that there's, there's weeping that happens in the night, but joy comes in the morning. He knows that we, we struggle, but yet he's given us the reinforcement that we need to face the storm. You know what I love about it is that he doesn't just give it to us. Right. He wants us to ask for it. He wants us to ask for he it. He wants us yeah. to communicate. Like, if I never talked to John, that wouldn't be a very great relationship, would right. it? Right, right. He may still be able to give me what I need and provide for my needs, but we wouldn't have any connection. Right. So, Jesus doesn't just say, here, take what you need. He says, come and ask me for it. Right. There's things that are available to us um, through the access of relationship. That, only. That, that only, yeah. That we come to him and we petition him. And because he's both our high priest, but also he's our king, he's our bridegroom, he understands us, he communes with us, there are then things he opens up to us that we need, such as this grace and mercy in Hebrews 4.16. It's just a beautiful picture of tying these two things together, uh, an actual shipwreck and the symbology of weathering a storm and being wrapped like a ship in his loving arms and in his grace and mercy. Absolutely. So I just want to, let's end this this session by uh, just praying. Maybe you're going through a storm. Maybe you uh, haven't 
understood what to do or, or you, you felt all tossed around in the winds and waves of life. And, and so we just want to pray uh, for that boldness to obtain what you need. Would you pray with us? Lord, I just thank you for this, this revelation that you've put hidden in your word that just like in a ship that's wrapped for reinforcement, you long to wrap us in your loving arms and reinforce us through this storm. You release grace and mercy to us when we come before you. So right now, I pray every person listening to this or watching this video, that they would be encouraged to come before the throne of grace with a new found boldness to ask you, Lord, for the grace and mercy to help them in their time of need. Lord, that you would wrap them, that you would reinforce them, and that you would strengthen them to weather any storm that they face. And God, I pray that you'd work all things together for their good, and that on the other side of this storm, they would realize that you held them through it. They would find joy and peace and comfort, and that even the storm season of their life would be a testimony that's used for your glory to encourage others who are facing their storms that there is a grace and mercy available to strengthen them and to hold them together. God, we just pray today that we would all know that when life comes at us, we have a, a heavenly high priest who's waiting with open arms to give us what we need. I love you and I thank you, Lord. I pray that this blesses each and every person who's listening or who's watching this today. And God, we are so grateful for all that you've done. Thank you. We worship you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope this has blessed you guys. Uh, I pray that you'll, you'll share it if it's touched you. Share it with somebody who might be going through this season that needs this encouraging word. And hold on to this um, for, you know, when life throws a season at you that, that looks a little adverse, you'll know that Jesus is waiting to give you what you need to hold you together. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry and for checking out this video. Uh, until next time, God bless you guys.